Hello, thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl. Welcome if it's your first time listening. Welcome back if you joined us before. My name is Les, I'm your host, and I'm just really happy to have you here. There are a lot of podcasts in the world, there's a lot of content to consume, and I'm really grateful that you have chosen to add my content to your lineup. Today we're wrapping up our Manifestation and Inner Magic series, which has been so much fun. I've just had a lot of fun in these conversations. I've learned so much in this series, and today's episode is really the cherry on top. So if you're listening to this episode and when it's being released, we have made it through winter. Congratulations. Welcome to spring. Welcome to Aries season. Spring is truly nature's new year. It is the season of new beginnings. It is when the days get longer. It's when new life begins to bloom and our collective energy levels really begin to rise. So if back in January, you weren't feeling the new year, new you energy, that's okay. This time of year may bring more of that for you. It's also the beginning of the astrological new year. And it was actually the perfect time for an astrology episode here on the podcast. Astrology has come up in a lot of the conversations in this series naturally with topics like magic and manifestation, and it was time to have an astrology-focused episode. So if you've been listening for a while, you may know that I've had an on-again, off-again relationship with astrology, and I can say it's not something that I use a ton in my daily life, but it has been a really interesting tool that has helped me understand myself, understand my reactions to things, and understand my relationships a bit better. And today's guest was such a lovely guide for this conversation. Shinobi Robeson is the founder of Black Girl Horoscope, a platform dedicated to cosmic wellness for melanated women. She is so kind, she's so thoughtful, thorough, and I learned so much from her in this conversation. We ended up doing a deep dive on about half of the signs, talking about maybe qualities that people who have placements in those signs may possess, as well as just the collective energy during each of those seasons. We ended up getting through about half <laughs> half of the placements. We'll have to do a follow-up at some point because I could have talked to her all day, uh, but this would have been a five-hour long episode, I think, if we went through the entire Zodiac. So we're going to cover the astrological forecast of the rest of 2022, the energies of Aries through Leo seasons to kind of get us through spring and summer. Uh, But we really dig into navigating our Saturn return, which if you have not heard of the term Saturn return, um, it may be something that you've experienced depending on how old you are. For a lot of people, they enter their first Saturn return kind of between the ages of 28 to 31. And then again, in, you know, mid fifties to early sixties, it's, it's a time when, you start to just learn a lot of lessons and a lot of beliefs that you once had get challenged. And it's a time to really level up and grow and step into being who you're meant to be. But growth like that doesn't come without challenges. So if you're in either of those age ranges or have been in either of those age ranges that I described and that resonates with you, we're going to talk a lot about navigating those seasons and applying the lessons learned. And we also talk about where on your birth chart you should look to find your manifestation style, which was completely new information to me. This episode is jam-packed with info, so I'm going to let us get into it. Shinobi, welcome to Balance Black Girl. I'm excited to have you here. I am a fan of your work. I love Black Girl Horoscope, one of my favorite IG accounts. Thank you so much. 
Yes. And this is actually going to be our first astrology focus episode that I've ever done on the show. So that makes me even more excited. I am so excited to be your first. I think that our brands marry well. So I think this will be exciting. Absolutely. So I really love how you make astrology content really accessible, easy to digest, easy to understand. We see it, we can relate to it, Uh, but I would love to learn how you got into astrology and what led you to astrology. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I, I think that as a person, I'm extremely, extremely analytical. Um, I think, you know, we mentioned earlier that both of our Mars are in Virgo. So that makes us really analytical perfectionists. Um, you know, we, we pay attention to all of the details. So whenever I come across someone, I've always kind of been interested to know, like, who are you and how will this go? Like, are you someone that I should avoid? <laughs> are you someone that, you know, our, our personalities will marry well together? Will we, will we vibe? I'm like the kids say. So um, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, fifth grade, which was when I started to really get interested in um, astrology and knowing like, who goes well with what? And, you know, like my dad's a Capricorn, for example, I knew that like, that's something that I don't do so well with, you know, my mom, you know, just, just analyzing the people in my life. And I mean, it's a rabbit hole. Astrology is definitely, definitely a rabbit hole. I'm still a student to this day. Um, and I just, you know, continuously learn things and it's, it's been a ride, but, you know, it helps me to understand my world. So I'm, I'm glad to bring that to um, the Black community. Amazing. I love what you just said about still being a student because it is one of those topics that we always have more to learn, whether there's mm-hmm. different placements, transits, you know, what's happening collectively. Mm-hmm. We're always continuously learning about the craft. Absolutely. And and one thing that I really, really like about astrology is that um, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about your birth chart, you know, you learn about your placements. Um, but then you can also learn so much about what's happening on the day to day. I mean, you know, things shift every single day. Um, our, our emotions get affected. Um, you know, our interpersonal relationships get affected. So it's something that's constantly, constantly changing and you literally can remain a student forever. Absolutely. Actually, that's the perfect segue into my next question, just around personal astrology versus collective astrology, because I think for a lot of us, myself included, we have a decent understanding of our personal astrology. I feel like most people by now at least know their sun sign, if not Mm -hmm. their big three and maybe other aspects of their birth chart. But then Mm -hmm. there's this whole other world around collective astrology, right? When we have a full moon or a new moon in a certain Mm -hmm. sign or Mm -hmm. retrograde, and different planets and what that means. Um, So whether someone knows, uh, you know, kind of their sun sign or some basis of their own personal astrology, how do you recommend people start understanding what's happening in collective astrology? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great question. And it just, I mean, with all that we've been going through for the past two years, I think that this is the perfect time to kind of look at, you know, what's going on on the collective level versus what's going on um, personally. So I think that, you know, even if something goes on today on the news and you're just like, hmm, this is a bit wonky, I would just suggest like Googling it, like seeing how this can kind of tie into what's going on astrologically. And I think that, um, especially with the chances that, like I said, we've experienced, but the chances that are coming up, I think that'll really, really put a highlight on like, oh, astrology kind of predicted COVID. Astrology kind of predicted that this person would, um, you know, there would be a Watergate or something like that, you know, something of that, that type of thing. Um, so astrology is definitely like, you know, making its presence known, especially in the past two years. And one way that you can learn is just like kind of relate it to your life and, and what's going on in the news and what's going on at the collective level. That's super helpful. And it also sounds like 
history. I mean, being able to look at historical events and then looking at what was happening astrologically really provides that context that can help us with what we're dealing with present day as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting to see just, you know, to look at what's happening in the news and then bring it back. And, you know, it's, it's definitely something that opens my eyes because I'm like, whoa, like, you know, astrology technically did suggest that COVID would happen or we would experience something huge, um, like shifting, reality shifting. So, I mean, it's, it's astounding. Yeah, absolutely. And then from a personal astrology level, I realized I probably should have started off asking you about your astrology, at least your, your big three. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't believe I've been so, asked that yet. <laughs> I definitely want to ask you as well. Yeah. Um, we'll get into it. But yeah. so my my big three, I have a Taurus sun, Libra moon, and Aries rising. And I'm not sure if your viewers are familiar with the little three that's kind of come up um, within the past like year or so. So the little three is your Mars, your Venus, and your Mercury. Um, so my Mars is in Virgo, as we mentioned. Um, my Mercury is in Taurus and my Venus is also in Taurus. So I have a Taurus stellium, which I can define in a second if you need. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I would definitely love to learn more about the stelliums, but I also love your big and little three. I feel like Thank we're <laughs> very compatible. <laughs> awesome. What's your big three and little three? So I'm a Leo sun. I am a Taurus moon and I feel like my Taurus Ooh. moon is very strong. I, if I didn't know when my own birthday was, I would tell people I was a Taurus. Like I read things about Taurus and I'm like, oh, that is who I am. The moon feels comfortable in Taurus. So it probably takes over your chart. Absolutely. It does. And then I'm also a Libra rising. And then for my little three, I have a Virgo Mars, a Virgo Mercury and a Libra Venus. Wow. So we have a lot of the same placements Mm -hmm. and our big three is also um, air, earth and fire. Not in that order, but yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. So fun. Um, but I would love to return back to the stellium conversation because I've never fully understood what a stellium is. Can you explain that? Yes. So, um, if you have three or more placements, let it be in a house or in a sign or whatever the case that is a stellium. So I, as I mentioned, I have Taurus sun, Taurus, um, Venus in Taurus and my, um, Mercury's in Taurus, so that is a, a Taurus stellium, which just makes me just to put it simply to people, I say that I have a I'm a super Taurus. So you know whatever whatever comes to whatever aspects come to Taurus, I am like I fully embody that, um, which is fun because I mean it, it helped me to really understand myself. Like that was that was actually one of the things that made me really really get into astrology because um, knowing that I have so many planets in, in Taurus made me want to really dig deep into Taurus and then you know really understand what things help me thrive, which things kind of hinder my growth. And I mean, that was life-changing. I have to say it really was. It helped me to understand what things I need to kind of stay away from, um, what kind of people I need to like, you know, look out for. Um, I know that I am, and you can definitely relate because you have a Taurus moon, but I know that I am a creature of of comfort. And it really came down to, especially with this, um, with this pandemic, understanding that like anything that does not, and you can definitely relate to this too, anything that does not like make me comfortable innately, I have to stay away from it because it will like tear me apart. Like that's just simply what it is. Like, I mean, it's, it's really that simple. So with the pandemic, I mean, with us being thrown into comfort, um, you know, shifting that reality has been really, really difficult. And I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to understand myself 
under that lens if it weren't for astrology. So again, I mean, it's just the hallmark of my life. And I'm, I'm hoping that this, you know, this podcast and this talk can actually open some other people's eyes and, you know, make them interested in it. So I'm like, again, super, super happy to be having this conversation. Oh, that makes me so happy. I mean, I feel like we're only a few minutes into the conversation. You've already shared so much helpful information that I'm sure by now, oh. you know, people are feeling like they understand, <laughs> they understand aspects better or maybe understand themselves better, which I think is the yes. goal. Yes. I'd love to even maybe, you know, talk about some of the different signs so we can kind of like speak on, you know, listeners placements. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Um, okay, so maybe I'd say the signs that I'm, I feel that I know very, very intimately are Aries, Taurus, not so much Gemini, but I can speak on them. Um, Cancer very, very well. Libra very, very well. And all of its placements. Um, I think Libra's, we share a ruling planet, so I understand um, Libra very well. Scorpio, not so much, but I can speak on it. Um, so, I mean, what? where would you like to go with that? Great question. You know, this episode is going to come out at the very start of Aries seasons, the very start of the astrological new year. So let's start with Aries. And that's one that, you know, you know very well. So that's a perfect place yes. to start. Yes, I have an Aries rising. So I, I, I get it. So I'd say that Aries are, I mean, they're exactly as they're described. They're firecrackers. So they are fire signs. So they definitely have that passion. They are the leaders of our society. They're also the, the all of the Aries, all of, not all, but most of the billionaires and millionaires of the world are Aries. So they are the leading wealthy class, which is an interesting fact to me because they're the leaders. They're extremely impulsive. So, you know, impulsivity matched with like, like retaining wealth doesn't really like pair well, but it's working for them. Yeah, like big risk, um, big reward, maybe. Ex- maybe, you know, fortune does um, favor the brave. So I think yeah. that kind of thing is going on there. But um, yeah, Aries are, you don't want to get them upset. You do not want to get on their bad side. <laughs> um, you you want to, you know, you want an Aries friend. You want that fun. You want that that um, kind of like spare of the moment, um, uh, spontaneity type of vibe. But at the same time, Aries, I think they struggle with consistency. Um, and, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, you do need, you know, a bit of consistency to kind of see some things through. I mean, having impulsive moments can, and, you know, as we've seen, it, it can lead to um, fruit. You know, it, it does bear what it bears. But at the same time, I think to see things through, it kind of bears its own reward. And I think that Aries especially has been learning that in the last two years, especially with the the rise of um, the small business, people are creating their own world. So Aries, let's just say Aries and, and quarantine was bored, super, super bored, um, creating new businesses, getting tons and tons of ideas. That's what Aries are known for. But the carry through were definitely, definitely there. They're not their strong suits. I think Aries right now are kind of thinking like, hmm, like all of these ideas, like I, I, I have a ton of ideas. I have a ton of things that I want to run with, but how can I actually see this through? And I think this year will be, I mean, I don't want to say tough, but with um, the lunar nodes moving into, I think I mentioned this earlier, the lunar nodes moving into both Taurus and um, Scorpio, Aries is kind of going to come into a struggle with like their values, mm-hmm. their values and like how they can, they can see increase in their values. And, you know, I mean, Aries is going to have an interesting year for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of questions there. The first thing that I think of is, you know, each sign maybe has their strengths and has their kind of opportunities. And you just described 
some that Aries has of being very innovative, mm-hmm. very creative, very mm-hmm. energetic, but maybe struggling with something like consistency. So if someone does have heavy Aries placements and they feel themselves experiencing that, are there things that they could do to work on those things? Or does it just mean like, oh, I have this, this Aries son, I'm just inconsistent. Like how do, how do we um, kind of work beyond the maybe constraints of the strengths and weaknesses of our science? Absolutely. So I, one thing that I found also, this is something that I've learned relatively, you know, recently, um, each sign has an opposite. So for Taurus, it is Scorpio. For Aries, it is Libra. So I think that's something that's very important when it comes to understanding your strengths and, and working with your weaknesses to kind of, you know, find a balance, which is interesting because Libra is the sign of balance. So um, this is, this will sound funny, but Aries definitely needs to have a Libra friend. Libra is the sign of, of balance, um, diplomacy. Um, Libra struggles to find um to make a decision to find the answer between A and B, you know, because they feel stru- they feel such um, pressure to, you know, be correct. So I think with Aries and Libra being a pair, they they complete each other. So what you can learn from your opposite is whatever they lack is something that you can pick up on, and vice versa. So I think that Aries can learn from Libra that you don't always have to be impulsive. Mm-hmm. Take your time, mm-hmm. make decisions. Um, and the more time that you use to pour into yourself and pour into the decisions you're making, the better. Because Libra is known to be indecisive, but it's because they take their time. Yeah. So I think I think that that's something that they can definitely work together with. Yeah, I really like that. The idea of working together with your opposite sign um, to help kind of balance each other out and how that can go both ways. How with Libra, who maybe airs a little bit more on indecisive, um, something like an Aries energy can kind of help with that decisiveness and help kind of bring some of that uh, urgency when it's needed and how those two things can balance each other out. Precisely. I love that. Well, let's move on to probably our mutual favorite sign, Taurus. <laughs> I love Taurus energy. When I found out that I was a Taurus moon, from a very young age, I knew that I was like a Leo. My parents would kind of talk about sun sign astrology. And I just oh, never wow. felt like a Leo. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not the center of attention. I'm not like the most charismatic person. <laughs> I just don't feel like a Leo. And when I got a little bit older and I learned about moon sign and I learned that I had a Taurus moon, I was like, that's that's it. Yeah. That's, that's what I understand. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, with Taurus, I mean, what, what is there not to love? I feel like, I mean, that's, I'm obviously biased. We're biased. Um, yeah. Yes. We're definitely biased, but <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you, you, ha- you have a, Tor- I mean, a Leo sun and a Taurus moon because Leos and Tauruses usually don't really get along too well. So I'm wondering how that, like, you know, that plays out for you. But I mean, Leo loves to be the center of attention. Leo loves to, um, you know, make their, their voice known, make their presence known. They understand that they, they bring something valuable, excuse me, to the table. And they're not afraid to say, Hey, this is what I bring. Pay attention to it because it's, it's valuable. I know it, I vetted it. And this is, you know, this is my thing. Um, and I really appreciate that about Leo's because, you know, I mean, confidence, confidence is key. Um, but with tourists, I mean, tourists like to take the back seat, um, especially with tourist women and, and tourists is a, a feminine sign. Um, we know the value, but we're not necessarily screaming it from the rooftops. We're kind of like, like we, we kind of want to take care of things on our own. We don't really want to, you know, work too much with people. I mean, we're kind of homebodies 
if, if we're being honest. We, we enjoy being to ourselves. Um, we, we enjoy comfort, like I mentioned, and we enjoy doing things that are more interpersonally beneficial as opposed to Leo loving to kind of be out there. And so, I mean, it's an interesting, it's an interesting pair. And, and I, I can't even imagine having that for a, a sun and moon combo, actually. I mean, that that's like a, a world of a lot of, of inner duality. conflict. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. But I have a lot of Taurus friends and I get along really well with uh, people who tend to have a sun sign in Taurus. So I think it's that ah. moon. It's that moon, moon to sun. Yeah, compatibility. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. think Taurus, and you know what's interesting? Taurus is one of the only signs that, or amongst one of the only signs that um, they pick, like Taurus sun and, and Taurus sun can date each other. And that's mm. not really common in astrology. It's because they have a, a fundamental understanding of like, we're going to be on the couch. We're going to order, <laughs> we're going to order DoorDash and this is going to be our Saturday. And, you know, it may not be all of our Saturdays, but this will be our Saturday today. And that's, you know, this is how we'll enjoy ourselves. And that, that fundamental understanding is something that I think only a Taurus and Taurus here can understand. So, I mean, Taurus is, is definitely a sign that I admire very de- deeply. And even if it wasn't my, my sun sign, I, I still have a, a great, love for them as well as Libra. And I mean, you know, I, I appreciate Leo as well, even though it's kind of hard to be in the same room with them sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> no offense to all the Leos out there. That's okay. Um, but yeah, they're, they're definitely a, a unique sign to understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And something that I would love to touch on is also just the seasons of these signs. So we've, we've talked about, you know, Aries, we've talked about Libra, we've talked about Leo, Taurus, during each of these collective seasons, like right now, you know, as this episode is coming out, we're entering into Aries season. Does that mean that we all kind of have an opportunity to start embodying some of those characteristics related to that sign? And does it mean that maybe there's certain times or certain seasons that are better for certain things? Like you mentioned that Aries tends to be a sign that really calls in abundance and makes quick decisions. Like, is that a good time for business? Is Taurus season a good time to like chill and take a break? Cause that's what Tauruses love to do. Um, even if we don't necessarily have placements in these signs, how can we really tap into that energy during those seasons. Yes, absolutely. So in any given season, it's likely that you'll have, I, I want to say at least like five or more transits that are that, you know, involve that season. So let it be full moon in Taurus or um, you know, whatever season you're in, you'll see a, a transit that can kind of like hallmark what you'll experience during that season. So even if that wasn't the case though, I definitely think that in whatever season that you're in, try to embody the aspects or, you know, the qualities of whatever season you're in. Like, like you said, we're entering area season. That is an immaculate season to kind of look at your, your daily life and think of the ways that you've kind of been holding yourself back if, you know, due to inconsistency or the ways that you've kind of self-sabotaged because you're, you can be quick on your feet and maybe too quick on your feet to make decisions or in what ways have you been holding yourself back when it comes to confidence or have you been overly confident in a place and you're, you're overlooking one aspect of your life versus the other. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely ways that you can kind of push yourself given the season. And I think that's one of my, my, you know, I enjoy doing that a lot because you can learn a lot from every season, even the ones that we hate, let's just say Gemini season. 
you can definitely look at, you know, where you are in the season and you can take a look at the forecast and, and the transit, or you can just ask yourself, like, how can I, I learn from a Gemini? You know, maybe I don't get along with Gemini. Why is that? Are they, you know, you can just push yourself. It's a journal prompt at, at its minimum. It's a, it's a journal prompt. <laughs> definitely. I love the idea of kind of pushing ourselves and questioning, you know, if I don't usually vibe with this, why is it because it makes mm-hmm. me uncomfortable? Is it because yes. it challenges my routine? What can Absolutely. I learn from this? Yes. That is like a therapy session. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's what we're here for. And I also think what you just mentioned about Aries season in particular can be really helpful if maybe during January, during the um, calendar new year, people weren't maybe feeling that time to look at their routines, to look at their goals. It is dead of winter. And we recently did an episode on cyclical living. And so it's totally understandable if maybe you don't have the the motivation or the energy to do so during that season, then maybe Aries season could be a better time for that. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we, we spoke about this earlier. I mean, we have, but so much hours of, of sunlight, you know, that daylight, like that, that in and of itself can kind of make you feel a bit down. And maybe you're not, especially this year, given all that we've been through, I mean, it's just been a whirlwind. So if, you know, if you're not feeling the, the, in the highest of spirits or feeling super, super, um, 2022, um, resolution, that's totally okay. I think that the, the, um, astrological new year is an amazing time and you'll definitely feel it then because I personally always feel the difference of ending Pisces season and going into Aries season. I mean, Pisces season is a really, really dank time for emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, especially this year, we're, we're definitely going to be feeling like those, I want to cry. I don't really want to go out. I'm, I'm falling in love a million times a day, you know, like that type of Pisces energy and moving into the Aries, like nothing could hold me back. I'm feeling young. I'm feeling, you know, impulsive. Like we mentioned, I'm feeling courageous. I'm feeling like nothing can stop me. You'll, you'll definitely feel that energy. So if you missed it on January 1st, no worries. You'll definitely, definitely be able to get it when Aries season starts. And you got this because we always get a do over. Yes. I love that. (laughs) And I feel like with each of the transitions from the water sign into the fire sign, be it Pisces to Aries or Cancer to Leo, Scorpio to Sag, it always reminds me of that gif of the girl on America's Next Top Model who goes from like crying one second to strutting in the blink of an eye. Yes. I'll put it in the show notes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody has seen this meme, but every time for each of those transitions, that's what it always feels like. Always. Like the blink of an eye. Like yes. you feel it instantly and, and your, your routine will definitely feel it. Um, your emotions will definitely feel it for sure. Your motivations will feel it. So I definitely, you know, want to urge your audience to definitely take this as, as a moment to kind of, you know, collect yourself and push yourself to do something new or, or challenge yourself in a new way, or maybe look at something that you've left behind and, and, you know, want to give a new judge. Um, that's definitely a, a, a brand new slate in my opinion. I love that. Something that's also been helpful for me, uh, my word of 2022 is embody. So all year long, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the different characteristics and archetypes and um, tendencies that I want to embody. And that's been really helpful for me in manifestation. And I'll also Mm -hmm. think about 
you know, is there like a sign that I want to embody when I'm really want to be on my like business tip? Like how can I mm-hmm. tap into uh, embodying like a Capricorn archetype? Although I have a Capricorn oh, stellium, so that's not oh, cool. hard, <laughs> not hard for me oh, to tap wow. into that, but that's just an example um, is that we don't necessarily have to be the thing to embody and tap into the energy of the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I mean, embody is such a powerful word. And I think especially with the themes of this year, I mean, it, it'll it'll marry well together. Um, I think that when it comes to looking at a particular sign and, and saying, how can I embody their best qualities? One, I mean, I think that'd be a great, great exercise to kind of learn the different signs. So let's just say, I'll speak of myself, for example, I kind of lack in the in the Gemini qualities. So when it comes to like, really, my Mercury is in source, as I mentioned. So when it comes to communicating effectively so that all parties are, are understanding like speaking to your your audience for example what are some ways that gemini does that well well gemini can switch their personality in the blink of an eye and i, I mean no shade but it's true they can switch their personality <laughs> in a blink of an eye to match who they're speaking to and that is a a a unique skill set that is key to communicating so i mean looking at the and especially the stereotypes like look at the stereotypes stereotypes of the sign that's usually like the, the signs um strength or weaknesses depending on who we're talking about <laughs> but look at the stereotypes say how does this work for them and how can i make that work for me as in leo sun aries sun you know whatever the case may be and i think that 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 is like that is gold right there i mean to to do that i mean i think that you will see improvement for sure Absolutely. Right. Like what would, what would that Gemini do? What would that Virgo do? Um, And speaking of Gemini, I think that's probably the next, the next sign that we can pick (laughs) back up on. (laughs) Um, I feel like Gemini's, I like Gemini. I like all the signs (laughs) and I can think of people in almost every sign where I'm like, I like that person and and what Mm -hmm. they embody. And I definitely see the light and the shadows of all Mm -hmm. of it. And I think Gemini's are really misunderstood. Yeah, they are. I, I'll give them that. They definitely are misunderstood. I mean, I, they definitely get a, a, a bad rap. And, and in the past, I've definitely like thrown out that I'm a Gemini son to get like guys away from me at the bar. But, but I mean, there's, oh my God. <laughs> there's definitely, there's definitely gold with Gemini. I mean, first of all, they're, they're multifaceted. And I love yeah. that. I know that that's like a, a word that gets thrown around a lot, like recently, but they are definitely multifaceted. They're good at a lot of things. And they're very good at, at those things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Gemini's are also, I mean, they get the bad rap of being gossipy, but it's because they they can they can belong in many different spaces. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people who can do that, yeah. right? So they can they can um, belong in in the in the workspace. They can belong in in the, the friendship space. They can you know they can work with kids. I mean, Gemini's are truly like they they can wear many many different hats. Um, and I think they, they, I mean, people calling them gossipy are kind of just jealous if we're being honest, mm. <laughs> um, the, the different faces, I mean, they can, they can do it all. And they're also extremely, extremely analytical. So working with cameras, working with, um, laptops, I mean, we, we wouldn't really have the advancement and like, I wouldn't say this if it weren't for this podcast, but we wouldn't really be where we are, um, as far as technology mm-hmm. and cryptocurrency and all those things that we're seeing if it weren't for Gemini's and Virgos, if we're yeah. being honest, yeah, they're, they're ruled by Mercury and Mercury is at the center for all of these things. And, and, you know, we, we wouldn't be here without them. So, I mean, we really have to take our hats off to Gemini's. Um, 
our society wouldn't be what it is today without them. So, yeah, I mean, you guys get a bad rap, but thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us. <laughs> that totally makes sense, though, because I think with a lot of Geminis, what we see is they do really think outside the box. And sometimes mm-hmm. that can be really challenging or that can maybe be a challenging personality type if an individual is a very linear thinker and they get frustrated by people who maybe don't think and communicate in linear ways. Um, but like what you're saying, I think it's, it's often in the eye of the beholder because a lot of Mm -hmm. these characteristics could be considered a strength or a weakness, depending Mm -hmm. on who's Who's right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, And I think something that's funny is I have to say that I think that Gemini's get this, this rep from, from their dating life. I feel like it's, it's, romantic partners that label Geminis as being this kind of way. Mm. And the reason why is because Geminis as an air sign have a ton of mental energy, right? So much that they don't know what to do with it. Think one of a notable um, public figure who's a Gemini is Kanye West. Yeah. I mean, he oh, is like constantly. a Gemini poster. Ch- I mean, <laughs> does his chart have any other signs? I have no idea what his chart is, but if all 12 placements were Gemini, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Literally, he's a super Gemini. I mean, that's someone that we can look to to kind of understand Gemini like as a whole. Um, Constantly having tons and tons of ideas, always turning the wheel, um, never want to really stay on one thing for too long because they have like a world of, of just ideas. And, and, you know, without, without that mental energy, it would be tough to, you know, be who they are, but also dating a Gemini and, and understanding that they have a ton of the wheel is constantly turning they're, they get this label of flighty mm-hmm. and, and that's okay and that's you know maybe they're not the, the consistent lover as society kind of likes to paint the picture of you're in a marriage for years and I think Gemini is kind of the the partner that wants to be you know wants to dabble in, in different fields and play the play the field and you yeah. know be this this polyamorous person if it, if yeah, it comes to they that have and, their own that, definition of partnership that exactly. may not be societal norms and and no one wants to take the time to understand Gemini in that lens and mm-hmm. that's why they're viewed as being this like bad guy but you know I mean you gotta you gotta love them you gotta love them because they're they're the innovators so absolutely shout out to Gemini <laughs> yeah I definitely I admire Gemini energy and just that creativity and kind of childlike sense of curiosity yes Yes, absolutely. Gemini and Aries share in that where they're, they can literally, you know, play on the playground and and go to the boardroom and blink of an eye. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, What about cancer? That's what's next. Cancer (laughs) is one of those things. I have people in my life who are cancers who I love, but every year cancer season takes it out of me. I'm down bad every cancer season. No, cancers are very unique. I mean, all signs are just, I mean, I, I love astrology. I love it so much because they're just, you know, you can just understand everyone. But um, cancers are extremely, extremely emotional. They are a water sign. They are ruled by the moon. Um, cancers are also extremely, extremely um, moody. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of a better word to, to say, but hey, moody let's kind call of a spade a spade. <laughs> a spade a spade. They're definitely <laughs> moody. Um, but that's because, their emotions are ruled by the moon. So as the moon shifts every couple of days, so does does cancer. Um, I think in society, as we look at them, cancers can be viewed as toxic. I've definitely seen some content out there saying that they're they're toxic. Like cancer will be the one that's stalking you. Um, Cancer will be the one that's, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they love hard. Cancer is is a feminine sign. So, I mean, they're one of the most loyal signs of the Zodiac. Um, you don't want to, 
you don't want to do wrong by a cancer because they will follow you. They will put a, uh, I wouldn't do will. any water sign dirty. I would not do a yeah. cancer dirty. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't do a Scorpio dirty <laughs> and I wouldn't do a Pisces dirty. I wouldn't. Yeah. You're, you won't come out the same person that you were when you went in. <laughs> you might be missing a few limbs because they don't play. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but you, like I said, like cancers are, there are, they have this super, super maternal energy. They are the mothers of our society. Um, I, anyone who has a cancer mother, I tell them they're blessed because your, your mother was made to be a mother as mm-hmm. being the cancer. Um, cancers are the signs that you, you want to have in your friend group. They're going to take care of you. Um, you know, I mean, I kind of get this visual of like, everyone's walking in a group and you stop to tie your shoe. Cancer will be the one to stop and, and make sure that, you know, you tie your shoe and you, you come along with the group. Everyone else will walk away. Cancer will make sure that you're okay. And I mean, that's, that's an energy that you need around. You know, you want someone who cares enough about you to, to check in. You want someone who cares enough about you to be intuitively aligned with your emotions. Like I've, I've had cancer friends who text me when I'm like super, super down and be like, are you okay? Like how in the world did you know that? Because they're super intuitive. Cancers are like the psychics of our, of our society. I mean, again, we wouldn't be where we are with our, our spiritual advancements were it not for cancer. So, I mean, every single sign plays a role, a, a key role as well to get us to, you know, January 19th, 2022, we wouldn't be here with all of the things that we've, we've come to know now without each and every sign. So, I mean, I mean, thank you, cancer. <laughs> thank you, cancer. <laughs> and that's, I, I do feel like each sign does play such an important role in, mm-hmm. in the collective and in the energy mm-hmm. of the collective. And Absolutely. it's, yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge all of that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of the Zodiac signs play a major role. Everyone plays their part. And also, I mean, if we're just talking about sun signs, but there's so many other placements that, that make up a chart. So, I mean, whether it be that you have a stellium or whether it be that each and every um, sign is in its perspective, you know, places in your chart, I mean, you're, you're, you're adding to what needs to be done on the, on a collective level. And, you know, we're, we're all playing our part. So, I mean, I, we, we did kind of make our jokes. We said Gemini was this, we said cancer was that, but seriously, everyone does, everyone plays their part. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as humans, we're all so complex. And so mm-hmm. even in describing like the sun signs, like we're doing now, a sun sign is like a small sliver of the pie. There's so yeah. much, it's the tip of the iceberg and there's so much beneath it. Literally. And, and actually, I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about before, because we mentioned um, Venus, Mars mm-hmm. and Mercury, and we didn't yeah. really, you know, give much to what those meant. So yes. uh, Venus, for example, is the is the planet of love. It's the planet of values. It's the planet of sensuality. Venus rules both Taurus and Libra, both planets and placements that we have in our mm-hmm. chart. So, yeah. I mean, when you when you look to the Venetians, as I call them, I'm a Venetian, you're a Venetian as well. We value um, material things, and we're not materialistic, even though you know it can kind of gear off into that. <laughs> we we take care of the things that are ours, whether yes. it be people, whether it be animals, whether it be our actual actual excuse me physical possessions. We value things, and we we take care of them. Um, Mars is the planet of action. It's the planet of war. It's the planet of aggression. It's how we approach things on a on a visceral level, right? So with our Mars being in Virgo, I mean, that's our own personal placement, but wherever you have Mars, it'll show where you infinitively take action. It's the, it's the planet of like, when you wake up in the morning, you want to go. That's like that Mars energy. It's, it's the battery that's 
and your back, right? So you can look to where you have Mars to understand what motivates you, what drives you to be who you are. And then we have Mercury. <sighs> Mercury is the planet of communication. It's the planet of technology. Um, when Mercury is in retrograde, we'll see a fail with technology. So for example, Mercury is actually, in, well, when we're shooting this, Mercury is in retrograde now. Mm -hmm. So my Amazon Fire Stick never works when Mercury is in <laughs> retrograde. Why? Because Mercury rules technology. It also rules transportation. So whenever Mercury is in retrograde, you definitely want to make sure that you, you know, get your car service, make sure that that's okay. Because like I said, Mercury rules transportation. Um, and wherever you have Mercury in your chart, it'll, it'll kind of speak to how you communicate. It'll also speak to the sound of your voice. I mean, astrology goes on and on and on. I can be here forever. <laughs> <laughs> that is so, so interesting though. And such good context to understand each of these different areas of our chart, what they mean. And when we understand what our placements are, um, and I highly recommend, you know, if you've never pulled your own birth chart, we'll leave a link in the show notes to where you can do it. You can do it online in a bunch of places. We'll leave a, a link in the show notes to some options. It's yeah, just or come on over to black horoscope. Oh, I yeah. mean, we so much information about your own, you know, your own placements. People learn so much on our platform. So yeah. Oh, I certainly do. And absolutely black girl horoscope will be linked in the show notes. It's, it's just such good context to help you kind of understand yourself a little bit more. And, and like we said earlier, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are boxed in or that you're defined mm -hmm. by any one thing, but it's a tool that can help you maybe understand your tendencies a little bit more. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it helps you to understand the people around you as well, because mm -hmm. if you understand that, you know, maybe this person, um, doesn't want to be like we mentioned in a committed relationship well they have this in gemini so you know even though you love this person it might mean that they they want to play the field and they want to date multiple partners i mean when i'm dating and and this is like i have to mention this because yeah. you know there's there's the infamous like ask your mom when you were born so i can find out your your look into your birth chart i mean it's it's a magnificent tool to weed away the things that you're you just don't want to deal with but yep. if someone tells me that they have a Scorpio sun. I'm not dealing with it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not dealing with it. Drake has a Scorpio sun. Um, Diddy has a Scorpio sun. I mean, you can look to people in, in, um, in the public to see like, Hmm, I've seen the things that they've done. Is that something that I want to deal with? Maybe not. Um, I've had a friend in the past who was a Scorpio, the things that they embody, does that really like mesh well with my values? You know, you, it, it helps you to learn so much about yourself. It helps you to learn so much about others. You can apply it to dating. You can apply it to, um, um, working relationships. You can apply it to interviews. You know, is this the best time to have this interview? What, what things will I be experiencing through, during this interview? I mean, it's, it's just, a whole world. And I'm just so excited to be, you know, speaking about it in this moment. Absolutely. Actually, the, I love that you just mentioned that because I would like to talk a little bit more about kind of manifestation and astrology, this series, you know, we're closing out the series today, but talking all about manifestation, um, and kind of our own inner magic. Are there any kind of clues or directions that astrology can point us in around either maybe where on our chart can tell us kind of what our manifestation style is, or are there certain seasons or transits that are maybe best for manifesting different things in our lives? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, I, I mean, it also kind of depends on what you want to manifest. So say, for example, you um, want to manifest some things to do with your career. I would look to your 10th house. And I mean, I, I know you know, the 
astrological knowledge may not be so advanced, but you can have um, an astrologer look at your chart and, and say what's in your 10th house and, and what planets you have in your 10th house and, and how this can kind of play out in your in your career life. Or is it, you know, if it were to be your love life, look into your 7th house, look into your partner's 7th house. What if you're, just, let's just say, for example, your partner has Mercury in the 7th house, you know that your partner will feel so valued if you guys have conversations around everything. Because like I said, Mercury is the, is the planet of communication. They want to feel like they feel they're understood. They want to feel like they can talk to their partner about everything. So, I mean, it, it depends on what, what realm you want to, you know, see things happen in your life. But if we're talking generally, I would say, look at wherever you have Jupiter placed. Jupiter is the, is the planet of magic. It's the planet mm-hmm. of like luck and and fortune, and, and fortune, excuse me, and, and just magic overall. And wherever you have Jupiter in your in your chart, it can it can show what place you'll experience luck. So whenever you're manifesting, it'll it'll show where you'll have that extra push, that Jupiter push, um, and that'll help you a lot because Jupiter is kind of like the the sneaky, magical, mysterious um, planet. <laughs> Yeah. I had no idea. I didn't realize that your Jupiter placement, um, can provide kind of that context around manifestation Absolutely. and luck. That's yeah. amazing. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, I, th- <laughs> I think my Jupiter is in cancer. Ooh, that's a very, very, okay. So cancers are already super, super intuitive, very lucky cancers have of all the signs in the Zodiac. There are, there's no other sign that can manifest like cancer can no other signs so I've if seen you that. have Ju- if you have jupiter and cancer that means that the universe is always listening to you and as you affirm things you will see it appear you'll see fruit begin to bear you'll see it appear into your life almost immediately almost immediately that is like that is an amazing amazing question <laughs> That makes me feel so much better. Although I can think of of examples throughout my life where that's happened, where I've thought like, oh, I want to read this book. And then I'm mailed a copy of that book out of the blue or just little things like that have been happening my entire life. And so that makes a lot of sense. Wow. That is a blessing. Truly. That is a a blessing of a placement. (laughs) Yes. We can maybe have a conversation off of the podcast about how you can like really like make that come to life. Absolutely. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. (laughs) Something else that I would also love to talk about would be the nodes, the North node and the South node of our birth chart. Because I also think that that's very interesting information that I'm just now starting to understand from my understanding. You can correct me if I'm incorrect, (laughs) um, (laughs) is that your North node is kind of who you are not meant to be, but kind of your direction, uh, for this lifetime and your South Mm -hmm. node is kind of who you've been. Yes. Yes. On the right track. You got it right. You got it right to the T. So your North node is who you are and you do that word out embody. So your North node is who you are meant to embody in this life, right? It's, it's in your soul contract. And I mean, I don't want to go too far left, but I mean, your soul contract is basically why you are here. You, you materialize as a human. What is your purpose on this earth? Right. So your North node can kind of give you kind of, excuse me, give you an idea of like what you're meant to do. Your South, your South node, excuse me, is where you've come from, what you've done in your past lives and, and, and where you can learn from. Right. So it's kind of like the mistake you made and previously, how can you avoid that? Or how can you kind of, um, have some sort of retribution in this life. So your the, the lunar nodes are are a key key part to understanding your purpose. Um, if you know anyone's on that path, 
Yeah. 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 That makes so much sense. So that makes a lot of sense from what I've learned, just looking at my own personal nodes and, and mm-hmm. with people I know as well, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And actually I, we were talking about this before um, we started recording, but um, interestingly enough, yesterday, um, the lunar nodes moved from being in Gemini and Sagittarius to Taurus and Scorpio. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it just, for the next 18 months, starting yesterday, um, we're going to be experiencing a, a major, major shift. And I, and I think that it kind of gives us an, an idea of what to expect in 2022. So with the North Node being in, in Taurus, we're going to see a rise of cryptocurrency because mm-hmm. like we, like I mentioned, Taurus is ruled by Venus. Venus is values, it's money, it's possessions, it's love, it's sensuality. So um, with, with the North Node being in, in Taurus, we're going to see NFTs booming and we've already seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's already starting. Out the wazoo. I mean, everyone's creating that NFTs, so it's already starting. We're seeing a shift in values from the traditional, you know, dollar, which is down the toilet, if we're being honest, to um, that's why we have like crazy inflation now. But to you know, this this new world of like um, small businesses shopping with small, small businesses, we can we can also see that where um, there's a major major shortage in, in everything. There's a labor shortage. There's mm-hmm. um, you know, there's stock um i mean there's just so many things that that we're lacking at this time so um we're turning to new resources and that let that be shopping small businesses or cryptocurrency i mean we're just going to see a a radical shift in the next 18 months and i'm really excited to see what comes from that um and the south node is in scorpio so you can look in you can kind of look to yourself and see where you've been holding secrets um, the the mysterious um, aspects of your life, you can see that things are going to come to light, um, and it'll be willingly, and it'll or it'll be you know w- without your permission. So I mean, I I wanna <laughs> I wanna urge everyone to kind of expect it, but don't t- try to control it because yeah. Taurus and Scorpio are both fixed signs. So whatever's going to happen to you during this year, it'll happen whether you like it or not. And I know that's been a theme of the past three years going or two years now, but this year will be like, like, like no other. So, I mean, expect it, but don't try to change it. It'll happen. And it'll be for, for the higher purpose. I can't say good or bad, but the higher purpose. So I'm, I'm really excited for, the, for these next 18 months. That's good to know. So it sounds like we're keeping our third eye open. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We are, we are looking around. Is there anything <laughs> else, you know, kind of uh, with the astrology of, of 2022 um, that we should, we should look out for? Yeah, I mean, not so much with the astrology, but the numerology of, of 2022. So yeah. 2022, um, two, four, six is a six year. Um, but really, it just speaks to um, this year being a partnerships so we're going to see a lot of people meeting their soulmates this year we're going to see a lot of people meeting their twin flames this year a lot of people going into business contracts with one other person you know uh, partnerships um you're going to be working together people are going to be having children this year so i mean this will be the year of of partnering with someone else whether it be a romantic whether it be a a business relationship whether it be a, a child um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how that'll play in my life. Hopefully not the kid part, um, but expect it, like I said, but don't try to change it. And I think you guys will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're keeping our eyes open and we're going to be ready yes. for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shinobi, this has been so helpful. There's one last thing. And honestly, 
this could be a podcast episode in and of itself. And I'm like, we also got through <laughs> half the signs. We got through summer. We're going to need to have you come back mm-hmm. later in the year when we get closer to the other seasons so for that we can sure, talk about the other sure. signs as those yeah. signs are upon us. But at least mm-hmm. we know what to expect for, you know, Aries through cancer season. Mm-hmm. I would love to just for like a second, talk about <laughs> Saturn return. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh, this, this literally can be an episode of itself. It could be a multi-part um, episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. But if I were to sum it up, um, I think that, so for those of, for those of you who don't know what a Saturn return is, it's basic. So Saturn is the planet of, to put it simply, karma. It's the planet of hardship, of lessons, of lessons that are learned. Um, it's kind of like, you can kind of visualize like the kid, a kid um, touching the pot and like your mom told you don't touch the pot the pot is hot but you felt this inclination to touch the pot anyway that is Saturn rule right it's, it's lessons learned through hardship right so when you're from the age of 27 to 35 that's another thing that people don't know it lasts a lot longer than people know and oh becomes- yeah because I thought I was done are you telling me I'm still I'm not there <laughs> no you got a few years left if, if oh, depending no. on how old you are and it also comes <laughs> Um, a few times in your life. Yes. So it'll come again. That when midlife crisis. The midlife crisis. Absolutely. So, I mean, Saturn is, your Saturn return is something that you definitely, you know, want to be aware of, but you know, it's, you can, it's something that you can't prepare for. Um, just know that it'll teach you so many valuable things that you'll honestly be sharing with generations behind you. You'll share it to your children, your children will share it to their children. So that's the type of lessons that you'll be learning during your Saturn return. Um, it's, I mean, it's a whirlwind. It's something that you definitely want to be prepared for. You're going to lose friends. You're going to, you know, you're going to move to new places. You're going to just, you know, there's a, a deep, deep inclination to learn more about yourself, to understand yourself on a deeper level. And, and Saturn is, is, you know, the key to that type of understanding. So don't be afraid. I mean, I don't want to scare you, but it's something that you definitely have to, you know, be prepared for. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I feel like the theme of this whole episode is that we're keeping our third eyes open and for our listeners, I mean, we, I ask about Saturn return because that is the age of a lot of our listeners. Ah. And, um, I I know personally also people who are currently turning 27 or who are about to be Mm. 27 and who are navigating that right now. And I'm thinking about my own experience with Saturn return where I Mm. didn't know what a Saturn return was until I was (laughs) halfway through it through the the thick of it. Um, Mm -hmm. but understanding that and understanding, okay, there are lessons coming my way and it's Mm -hmm. for, it's for me to come out stronger. And it honestly, Mm -hmm. I felt like the Saturn return back to that theme of embodiment were really Mm -hmm. those lessons that I needed to learn to embody who it is I need to become. Wow, um, but absolutely. without those, those things, <laughs> those mm-hmm. lessons, uh, yeah. of the Saturn return, I don't think I would have gotten there. So it was a blessing. Absolutely. And that's a profound thing that you said to embody who I need to be. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to come out on the other side if it weren't for, you know, un- having a fundamental understanding of why you're going through it. And for the listeners who are going through it, coupled with everything that's happening on a collective level with yes. COVID, I mean, I... <laughs> My hats off to you because there, there, there are not many other times in history where things are, have been this dense on a collective level, but also with you going through your sign and return on a personal level. So, I mean, I think the number one thing, if I were to give advice, it would be to give yourself grace mm-hmm. and compassion like you've never had before. I mean, we're dealing with so many, so many dense, tough things. 
Um, and f- like I said, for you to be going through two of the, the toughest moments in your life at the same time, I mean, hats off to you. Grace will be your, your, your key. It'll be that you're saving grace, you know, um, allowing yourself to make mistakes and, and realize that you're not perfect. Um, you know, giving yourself that compassion that to allow yourself to be, however that may look for you. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, it'll be the thing that gets you through. Yeah. So yeah, grace is definitely the key. I love that. Giving yourself grace that you've never given before. Absolutely. And does your Saturn placement tend to impact how you feel the Saturn return? Because I know my Saturn is in Capricorn. And for me, it was my career. It was my money. All of that is what hit the fan for me. And then shortly after, or shortly as I was approaching the age of 30, it all magically worked itself out just Mm. as quickly as it all fell apart the three years prior. So if someone has, you know, a Saturn in different placements, does that impact where in their life they feel it? Absolutely. Yes. So if, so you can look to, to the constellation of Capricorn or whatever, wherever it falls, but, mm-hmm. but I think more specifically, um, if you can look into the house, yes. that'll give you a, it'll give you a slightly more in-depth look as to where it'll manifest. And I mean, Cap- Capricorn is a really tough place to have it, but I mean, if Listen. I were to say, <laughs> me and my is. friends, we were not okay. Those late '80s, early '90s babies, we were oh, not yeah. okay for yeah, a minute. It's so tough right now. It yeah. was rough. Seriously, I also feel for the people who have it in the seventh house or have it in Libra mm. or something like that, because that means that that their relationships are being torn apart, mm. and that doesn't just mean romantic. That yeah. means familial relationships. That yeah. means work relationships. So they're seeing it in multiple aspects of their lives, right? So I mean. I, I'm not, I'm not there yet, so I can't speak on it, but I mean, you guys just have to gear up for it because it it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's supposed yeah. to be hard. It's supposed to be super karmic. It also depends on what you've done in past lives. I mean, this is, like I said, the rabbit hole, but how you've, how you've been existing in past lives, how you've been existing in this life, it'll all regurgitate during this time. And remember from 27 to 35, <laughs> you're not done yet. Is that like it's, a shadow period? Cause I'm like, okay. Like for me, with my Saturn being in Capricorn, Saturn left Capricorn, I think in like early 2020 or something. I believe so. Yeah. So I then how so. does it work with that time period? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it depends on the aspects of your chart. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to know exactly like when will be the most tense times versus yeah. when it'll just be a kind of a shadow period or um, a period where the universe is really, really testing you because that's another thing with Saturn too. Saturn loves to throw tests your way, right? Yeah. You're like, hmm, you learned this lesson. I'm going to throw it back around to you to see how you handle it. And if you didn't handle, if you don't handle it um, from the perspective of I've been here, I've done that. I'm not yeah. doing it again. Mm-hmm. It will just repeat itself over and over and over again, right? So Saturn loves to test. So, I mean, look to your aspects, your aspects are, are, well, we can, that's a whole podcast on it <laughs> in and of itself, but it'll, we already it'll have, have like two, three follow-up episodes, <laughs> basically, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it'll help you to understand um, what the thick of it will be and what the themes will be and, and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, such good information. And also for anybody who's not there yet, I don't want the Saturn return to scare you. I actually oh, yeah. think that the more, you know, the more that, you know, it's coming, the more you can kind of go with it. And yes. it, it really is a, a transformative 
a transformative time. It's a time for Mm -hmm. you to be able to use your tools is is how I would describe it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that like your life is going to fall apart. It just means you're going to be called on to use the tools that you've been sharpening this whole time. Absolutely. And and, I mean, depending on who you are and, and how you exist, I would say, look at it as a, as a, like, no, like my life is, I've been through lessons. I've learned tons of lessons thus far. So when Saturn comes around, like the the tools that I have in my arsenal, I'm going to show you that, like, I learned this lesson before, mm-hmm. so you can throw it my way. I'm not going to fall victim to it. I'm, I'm not a victim of, of my Saturn return. You don't have to be a victim if you don't yes. want to. Right. So, so let Saturn know, like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not doing that. I, I've seen it before, been there, done that. I, you know, I, I bought the, what's the, what's the thing? Bought the, the postcard or whatever. Been there, done that. <laughs> bought the postcard. So yeah, don't, you don't have to be a victim. Like I mentioned. I love that. I feel like that's just like the perfect empowering um, note as we, as we close out our conversation, Shinobi, thank you so much. I feel like this was like an astrology masterclass, the masterclass that I did. We covered so much. We will get to the rest of the signs. We'll have to follow up later in the year when we get closer to the the fall and winter signs. We kind of covered the spring and summer. So um, if we didn't call out your sign, no worries. We will, we will, we'll do something else again. We got you. We'll get to uh, the rest of the signs, but um, what's next for you and black girl horoscope and how can our audience keep in touch with you? Yeah. So, I mean, you can definitely find me on black girl horoscope. I mean, we do a a plethora of things. So, I mean, we're into tarot, we're into, um, we, we just do a whole ton of readings, astrology readings, tarot readings. Um, I mean, my, my main, you know, I feel like my full purpose is to um, provide a community. And I, I think that's what I've done um, over on Black Girl Horoscope. So, I mean, I want to make you laugh. I want to teach you some things. I want to show you that there's people out there who are just like you with your placements. And, and I want to encourage um, unity and, and making friends and things like that. So, I mean, just community. I want to grow. I want to grow the community. I want people to find, see that there are people who look just like them that are into the things that they're into and yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're feeling you're into it, come and join. I love that. Well, we will have the Black Girl Horoscope Instagram linked in the show notes that you all can go follow along because it is a great page. You will learn so much. So thank you so much for being here today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed this talk. Oh my gosh. I did too. Coming out of this interview, I have to tell you, I so wanted to continue the conversation with Shinobi. She is so knowledgeable and she makes complicated astrology topics really easy to understand. So make sure you're following her at Black Girl Horoscope where she's building an incredible community and just creating a safe space for all of us to lean into the woo. Head to the show notes for the links to resources we mentioned in today's episode. And I also want to extend a huge thanks to our sponsors for supporting this show, supporting the series, and really making the weekly production of this podcast possible. But truly, what makes this podcast possible is you for listening. So thank you. Next week, we're kicking off our new series all about rebirth and renewal. In this series, we'll be talking about motherhood, health, coming into ourselves, creativity, birthing new ideas, fertility, and so much more. So make sure you're subscribed on your podcasting app of choice so you don't miss an episode. Huge thanks again to you for supporting the Manifestation and Inner Magic series. And I'm excited to kick off the next series with you next week.